Good morning, EDX Mo. This is Zach Shiner. I'm here for podcast number 19. This is an interview from AHA in Chicago. I'm interviewing Dr. Tetsuya Sakamoto from the Save J Group, the group that has been responsible for so much amazing literature, the first conglomeration of hospitals to use ECMO in a coordinated fashion. And we have the pleasure to hear him speak to us about how they're doing it in Japan. Dr. Sakamoto, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much. And it's a great uh, pleasure uh, for me to be interviewed uh, here in the AHA. So, Tetsu, why don't you just explain to us, what does the Japanese system look like? Like, before we even get into the ECMO part, what is the pre-hospital arena? Like, how do you transport patients and who works in the ER? Mm. Tell us about what it looks like. And in Japan, all ambulance service carried by the fire department. So, of course, we have a doctor ambulance car or a doctor helicopter, but it's an exception. And each ambulance car have three crew. Usually one of them EMT paramedic and another two uh, EMT uh, basic. And uh, in Japan, EMT paramedic can only proceed endotracheal intubation and epinephrine administration for a cardiac arrest patient. Maybe that's the only procedure they can do on the field. All right, we're doing lots of recaps this session. He said EMT paramedics able to intubate, able to give epinephrine, primarily transported via the fire department in Japan. And on the other hand, in the hospital, the emergency department of the Japanese hospital is a quite a little bit different from the United States or other North American style. Usually, every general hospital receives ambulance transport by themselves. But the major trauma or cardiac arrest or other critical care patient is transported to the tertiary emergency medical centers. Interruption number two, trauma receiving centers, recess receiving centers, and critical care receiving centers in Japan. And uh, tertiary emergency medical centers placed in every prefecture and uh, totally uh, 271 tertiary emergency medical centers in Japan. And in which typical emergency physician in Japan is working. So emergency physician in Japan is working in the research station room in the emergency department. At the same time, they have their own emergency ICU. There is a different from the general ICU or post-surgical ICU or cardiac ICU. So we can treat the patient from the research station room to the intensive care unit by ourselves. And sometimes we carry out the PCI or a trauma operation uh, with our teams. Okay, so lots of stuff there. Sounds like the paramedics are fairly similar to how we do it in the United States. It sounds like you guys have this system that's slightly different once you get to the hospital. But one of the things I want you to speak to is pronouncement in the field. In Japan, do are patients pronounced in the field or are they all taken to the hospital? Yes, you are right. And in Japan, the EMT cannot decide the patient's death. So if they start CPR on the scene, they should bring the patient to the hospital, even if they think there is no chance to survive. And so how long do the ambulance stay on the scene before they decide to scoop and run? Of course, it depends on the status of the patient. 
in major trauma or resuscitation, on the average, it is uh, 10 or 20 minutes. Uh, but if the patient is not so serious and so severe, and the selection of the hospital is very difficult in a metropolitan or big city, in such cases, uh, it takes a little bit more time. But the usually, a cardiac arrest patient, the paramedic works on the scene only 10 or 20 minutes. And so this is a, something to note whenever you're looking at Japanese literature. The, the survival rate from out-of-hospital cardiac arrest mm-hmm. is really low. It's on like the level of, I think, 1.9% is the, the level that you quote in your paper. But, but that doesn't mean that there's poor quality. It just means that because they're transporting everyone, that in the U.S., all these patients that we would have pronounced on the scene are not being pronounced. Yeah. Okay, so now tell us about Save J. What is Save J? How did it come about? Okay, from 20 or 30 years ago, in Japan, percutaneous cardiopulmonary support is one of the popular treatment for the patient. And sometimes we can save a patient such as cardiac arrest or severe heart failure or post-cardiac surgery or other. 20 years ago, we can find some case report papers especially in the Japanese language, about the episode of the saving life uh, using the percutaneous cardiopulmonary support. Patient may not be uh, saved by a uh, standard advanced life support, but we don't have enough data. And But uh, 10 years ago, uh, Professor Nagao, uh, very famous uh, doctor at Nippon University, Surugadai uh, Hospital, and other se- several uh, hospitals, have collected the patient in their own hospital and uh, wrote a good paper to age session or uh, circulation or others. And uh, at that time, we know in a single hospital or single situation institution, extracorporeal CPR may be a good tool for saving life who cannot respond to the conventional advanced life support. All right, recap. Japan, 20 years ago, case reports showed promise of eCPR. This then got translated into a paper 10 years ago by Ken Nagao that he presented here in the United States, which showed out-of-hospital cardiac arrest that got hypothermia and eCPR did well. But we don't have a multi center study about the eCPR at that time. So five years ago, many Investigators have gathered together and they make the decision uh, to do a multi center study, uh, observational study about the uh, ECPR. And at first we plan to promote a randomized control study, but it is very difficult to do because informed consent is very difficult. Uh, we have very, very short time uh, to prepare a study. So finally, we choose a controlled observational study between the extracorporeal uh, resuscitation hospital and standard care hospital. And we compare not of all out-of-hospital cardiac One of uh, 10 or 20 out-of-hospital cardiac patients may become a candidate for a CFJ because the patient should be Initial ECG should be in a VF or VT and uh, transported to the hospital within 45 minutes from the collapse and under 75 years old. And they did not resuscitate 
before hospital. Okay, let's recap what Dr. Sakamoto said. For Save J inclusion criteria, you need to have transport less than 45 minutes before you begin eCPR. You need to have V-Fib, V-TAC as your initial rhythm. You need to be less than 75 years old and you cannot have ROS before they're initiating eCPR. This is in a system where they have a scene time of about 10 to 20 minutes before the paramedics load and go. And in the Save J group, they have hospitals that perform eCPR and hospitals that do not. And so some patients got eCPR and some did not. And this is where they have their comparative value. We can compare only such kind of very severe uh, patients who do not have very, very small chance to survive. And according to the retrospective analysis, the mean good neurological outcome may be in a 10 to 20 percent for such kind of patient when we use uh, extracorporeal circulation. On the other hand, when we use the standard advanced life support, it may be uh, less than 2%. Okay, lots of stuff there. So let's. I'm just going to kind of break it down for us here. The Save J group is a conglomerate of Japanese hospitals that have gotten together and they've said ECMO is important. They've said that inpatients that are having out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, they're going to be brought to one of these centers, and when they do, we're going to try ECMO on them. Their system is slightly different than the U.S. in that they're bringing all types of cardiac arrest. And in that situation, they're having a 10 to 20% survival using ECMO versus the baseline of about 2% amazing improvements in outcome. Tetsuya here mentioned about Ken Nagao, a true a hero in our field. He has been someone that I have looked up to. In 1999, Ken came out with a paper that was eons ahead. I mean, this He was using hypothermia and ECMO before we even were talking about hypothermia. And so now, 15 years later, we're we're coming up to speed and the, and the Japanese have really been pushing us on this. So last thoughts here, Dr. Sakamoto, anything that you would like to express to the world about ECMO and what's going on in the field? So uh, we realize that the, the, the ECMO may save many lives. If we cannot be saved by a standard advanced life support, but it cost is not small. So we should investigate much more about the factor uh, which influence the outcome of the ECMO patient and they make a much more accurate inclusion criteria. And second, to use ECMO uh, is not a personal procedure. It's a team, it needs team approach like the trauma care. And so during the research station, of course, chest compression is very important before the uh, completing the cannulation and start pump. And airway is also important. And of course, the uh, cannulate artery and vein is not easy under the cardiac arrest situation. So I think that such kind of team approach training is very important to make the level to the standard or superior level. Dr. Sakamoto said, we need good inclusion criteria because this stuff costs money and we need to get the right patient on ECMO. He also said that training is important because cannulating in a cardiac arrest situation is not easy. One more question uh, before we go. How do you do it? What machine are you using? What cannulas are you using? How are you inserting these cannulas? The cannula, the kinds of cannula is depend on the hospital. And we use the uh, domestic one and the imported one. We ask the Sebje Group uh, hospital as a questionnaire, uh, how do we cannulate a patient? 
and most of them use percutaneous puncture at the first time. And but if we use ultrasound sonography to find the artery and vein, it is not easy to calculate under the cardiac arrest situation. And so uh, many hospitals choose cut down if they fail first or second cannulation percutaneously. All right, fantastic. So it sounds like a, a similar approach. They use percutaneous ultrasound guided cut down if needed. All right, conclusions for podcast number 19 with Dr. Sakamoto from the Save J group out of Japan. They do things very similar to us in the U.S. Why is that? It's because we copied them. It's because I read Ken Nagao and I said, I want to do it just like they did it. Our inclusion criteria are adapted from them and they will continue to lead the way in ECMO and And we will look at what they are doing and try and assimilate much of it into our own practice. They have as advantage that they have the Save J group, which is a group of hospitals that some of them do eCPR and some of them do not. And when they've compared the patients that go to the centers of eCPR versus the ones that do not, the eCPR has shown benefit. They also have this advantage in some respect that they do not pronounce patients in the scene. And so when we start to look at the question of whether patients should be transported, we need to look to Japan and say, how are the outcomes there? So thank you, Dr. Sakamoto. Japan, you have helped us tremendously in advancing the field of eCPR. From EDECMO, signing off. <laughs>